Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. It was great seeing some of you out last week in LA for Freeze LA as well as Felix. It was great to see how the LA art scene has matured and really developed over the last few years. It had been a while since I'd been out there, and I, I think it was the same for many people who traveled to LA for the fairs. Um, Freeze LA, I think overall everyone was really pleased with how it went, especially as it was the first edition of the fair. Um, it was a good size fair. It was intimate, 70 galleries, not too big. The layout of the fair was really easy, so it was easy to navigate and talk to all of the exhibitors. Um, and then there was Felix, which was in the Roosevelt Hotel. Um, and then just going around from gallery to gallery, it's such a change from, uh, New York, you know, in New York, you go from gallery to gallery and you just open up the doors and go into the spaces. You don't really pay attention to the exteriors of these buildings. While in LA, galleries are a bit more spread out. They are a lot more spread out. Each one's a bit unique. You see the exterior of the buildings. It adds some personality to the gallery. It makes it more difficult to see all of the galleries uh, in a day because they're so spread out and because of the LA traffic. Never felt more like a New Yorker than being stuck in traffic all week in L.A. But uh, overall, I think it was a really good week for L.A. And it seems like Freeze and Felix are here to stay. In this week's episode, we're joined by Margaret Kerrigan. She's the deputy art market editor at the art newspaper. We chat with Margaret about the fairs, both Felix, Freeze, and ALAC. We also talk to her about just the contemporary art scene in L.A. and how it's matured and how was the week received by galleries, by collectors, um, and what's the future look like for L.A. for this week? So we hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks so much. Margaret, thanks so much for chatting with us. Thanks for having me. So it's, I think there's a lot of facets of the week in L.A. Um, that we can break down and get into. Um, I guess if we start with Freeze L.A., I know there's a lot of ways to measure how successful a fair was, but before we kind of dig into that, what I guess if you were giving it a letter grade, um, how, how would you assess how you felt about uh, how the fair went? Um, I would say on a letter grading scale, I would give it like a solid B plus, maybe an A minus. I, I really think what Freeze had going for it was manageability in terms of size. Because at like 70 booths, it was about half the size of some of their other editions in New York and London. And oh my God, did that go a long way to like limiting, you know, fair fatigue. And um, obviously, the limiting the size of the event puts a cap on revenue for the fair organizers. So I don't know if they'll expand it out in future iterations. I would absolutely love it if they didn't. <laughs> and I think I'm not alone in saying that. And in fact, I wish more fairs would downsize onto this scale. But for Freeze, given that it was its first LA edition, its smaller size is kind of like a really nice, polite introduction of itself. Yeah, I I really enjoyed uh, the size of the fair as well. I thought it, you know, the layout it was really easy to navigate. Um, you know, I think of Miami, and when you get to the middle of Basel, Miami, that you can jet out into many different directions. But this um, structure, um, there were just really four or five aisles, kind of like a grocery store. Um, and I think because of the small number of uh, of exhibitors, uh, they're able to have a simple layout. Um, do you feel like there was, you know, so I think about it uh, kind of as a fair goer, um, you know, my experience with it. Do you, do you feel like there was a consensus, but there's also the galleries for Perspective and they think about different things um, in 
terms of how they um, measure success. Do you feel like there was a consensus, you know, from on the one hand, fair goers as to how they thought the fair was, and then on the other side of the coin, um, galleries, how exhibiting galleries, how they thought the fair went? Um, you know, I think I think people had some trepidation going into the fair, and there, there's a lot of skepticism that kind of like hung around it in advance as to whether or not the LA market had enough quote unquote like serious collectors or where people were going to show up for this in the way that they would for other fairs. Um and from from what I from the dealers that I spoke to, I think everyone was actually really pleasantly surprised and sales seemed pretty good. There were there were some big ticket items, you know, like over a million dollars that sold early on. And um but it's like really the sale of mid range price stuff that's gonna keep dealers afloat in something like this. And from what I can ascertain, I think those kinds of sales were pretty average, um, according to most of the people that I talked to. But overall, I think most dealers were pleased with what they were selling, and it, it fell within the realm of their of their expectations, which is which is good because there was that skepticism going on it to going into it. So I think that they were overall pretty pleased with the with the pace and and the rate of sales there. And then I think about the geography of LA. You know, it's pretty far from Europe. Um, mm. It's 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 you know it's closer to Asia, maybe New York, but it's not that close. Um, I, who did you get a sense as to who who attended this fair? Um, where were people besides the? Well, I guess even you know how many people in the LA collecting community showed up? I assume a lot of them, but I'm curious if you have thoughts on that. And then did it attract? you know, international collectors, um, collectors from New York, Europe, Asia? Um, do you have a sense as kind of the caliber of those collectors um, and if it met people's expectations? By and large, I don't think it was as international in terms of collectors as other big fairs. I think it was really U.S.-centric and especially West Coast-centric, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. And But whether or not that's enough of, like, critical mass to keep the fair afloat in future editions is another story. Um, it might be, I mean, this is my personal opinion, but it might be that international collectors didn't want to make the, the journey. As you mentioned, it's far, it's far from a lot of things. It's far from Asia, it's far from Europe. Um, and on top of that, it's, you know, right before other proven large fairs like Armory and Art Basel Hong Kong. So it might just be that international collectors didn't really want to make that journey and invest that time until they knew how the fair was going to pan out. Um, and now that, you know, there's been some positive reactions to it, maybe next year would be differently on the international front. But as for the collectors that did show up, um, I do think it was very, like, L.A.-centric and a lot of people from the West Coast and just, like, the western half of the United States as well, even from, like, the Midwest and stuff. I know there are, I saw several Midwest collectors there. Um, but from what I hear from the dealers, like, they they were – happy to meet a lot of they were they met some new people but most it was mostly the same major players from the west coast already who are already buying at the big fairs anyway in new york and london and asia and things like that so i think it'll be really interesting to see what happens next year or something like that in terms of collectors and how and how it might change over the next couple of iterations if it keeps going well because uh, cause it is a huge time commitment and, and money commitment to go all the way to LA. I guess it's all about the art. At the end of the day, what did people think about the quality of the art? Well, okay. I think the quality was pretty good. I don't think it was, I mean, obviously this was a smaller fair and it was invite only to boot. So it was, you know, 
the creme de la creme of galleries that are, are doing stuff and they're bringing the, the highest quality work. So it's not like there was anything bad. <laughs> um, and that was kind of, that was nice, but I don't think there was anything truly groundbreaking either in that way. Like this was, this was a solid showing of the dealer's best work and that provided a really nice fair experience. The booths all kind of gelled in that way there. Um, but it, it wasn't anything surprising to me at least. It was, you know, this fair happened on Paramount's uh, studio, which was, you know, they were operating mm-hmm. their daily business. I guess, can you set the kind of paint a picture for anyone who wasn't there for where this fair was situated um, and what it was like to be there? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's in the, it was in like the lot of Paramount Studios. So you just kind of like hitch up in the, in the parking lot <laughs> and there's a giant tent there. Um, and it was that in and of itself limited the size, which, you know, I, I keep coming back to that, but that was, that was a bonus in my opinion, um, because it did have to fit within this predefined space. But, um, inside the tent, like it, it, it was very easy to get around. I really like your analogy as a grocery store, like it was laid out well. And then if you kind of like go to the back and around, you'd wind up in that back lot area, then the New York, um, back lot of Paramounts where everything looks like New York, which is kind of weird. That's where they had their special projects. Um, and, and like located in these kind of New York style shop fronts. And um, I thought that was a cute idea. It was a little bit kitschy. I, I mean, like they were, unfortunately, it rained the first couple of days, so it wasn't fun to hang out in the back lot on those days. Um, I, I don't, I, I guess my only thing is that like it, that felt just, that didn't really that seemed very theatrical to me and unnecessary and kind of detra- detracted from the art in my personal opinion. And then there was also Felix, which it had its inaugural edition this year. It was a, um, at the Roosevelt hotel, very different vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, I guess, what can you say about, um, you know, people's expectations, um, and exhibitors expectations and, you know, what were the positives and negatives of that experience for people, which was obviously very different than um, probably any art fair that most of them had ever attended? Yeah, um, I, there was, you know, there's so much hype going in. I feel like everyone was super jazzed about that. And so I was excited to check it out. Um, I'm, But I, I honestly, I might be unpopular <laughs> for this opinion, but I, I think Felix was a really great event rather than a really great fair. Um, there were some really good galleries there with good work. They had um, like 12,000 visitors come through, which is pretty good for a small satellite fair in its first year. Um, but hotel room fairs are just playing hard logistically. I mean, they're in hotel rooms and it's just hard to move around. And, and it was like, especially on the opening day, they had to like turn people away from using the elevators to get up to like the second, the, the tower floor of where, you know, half the show was. And so I didn't even get to see the second half of the show because I couldn't get up the elevator. I heard on subsequent days that that was different. Um, so I, I guess I could have gone back and checked it out then. But I also really think that in terms of just like the, the venue, the Roosevelt Hotel is very iconic. It's like super cool. It's very like the design of the rooms is beautiful, but it's also very specific. And I think that in a lot of ways, that kind of setting just overwhelms the art. 
and so much of the art just got lost in the rooms. And a lot of times I would overhear people leaving the room and be like, oh yeah, I totally want to stay in that room. But like, I don't think they took in any of what they were seeing because there was so much design in this, in these rooms. And so and on top of that, like the dealers that I've talked to there, I mean, they've, they've, I haven't heard a lot about sales is what is the most I'll say. Like, I think they made some, I don't think like, I don't think it was about sales for them in some ways. Like, I think they wanted to sell stuff, but if they're not commenting too much on it and they're really not reporting on it, like, I don't know how many sales actually happened or if it was really like that profitable for them. Um, and that's not great for the sustainability of fair or if it would happen next year. So, like I said, like all in all, I think it was a really fun get together for everyone, for all the dealers, for the visitors, kind of like a yay, yay kind of party. Um, but I don't think it was, super great as a fair, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see next year, um, assuming that Freeze and Felix are back in LA, um, of the Felix exhibitors, if some of them, you know, especially some of the larger galleries, if they go back to Felix or maybe they decide to try Freeze um, or they don't go back to LA at all. So that'll be interesting Mm -hmm. to watch. Um, And then, yeah, I think it was, I think one thing I kind of noticed, and obviously there's a lot of... uh, you know, there's a lot of history to hotel art fairs and a kind of a romanticism about it um, that precedes my time. But um, one thing I did notice going through Felix, uh, going from hotel room to hotel room, you really don't get that discovery feeling where, um, you know, when you're at Freeze or you're at any other large art fair, you're even when you're walking in the aisles, you see art constantly and you may catch something out of your eye. You weren't going to go into that booth, but you see something interesting, so you check it out. With Felix, mm-hmm. you really have to, or even just a hotel uh, fair in general, I suppose, you really have to commit to going inside of a room before you see any of the art in the room, which was just, which was a different feeling um, yeah, than absolutely. any other fair I'd felt. Definitely. I think one thing about hotel room fairs that like, just to add on to that, like, like you said, there is a history of them. There's a certain amount of nostalgia around them too, which is I think why people really like it and kind of factors into like this event thing that I'm talking about with Felix. Um, but I also think there's a reason people moved away from them and it's, it's precisely because they are just are difficult um, to, to put on and to enjoy in that way. And then the third affair, uh, another affair during that week is ALAC, which it wasn't their inaugural edition. Um, did, did you feel like ALAC benefited from all the additional visitors who came into town? And what's, how do you feel about ALAC and its position moving forward during this uh, freeze LA week, if you want to call it that? Yeah, that's a tough one. And honestly, like my, my heart kind of goes out to ALAC because they were celebrating their, their 10th anniversary this year. They opened the day before freeze did. And um, they, they, with the arrival of Freeze and Felix and all of these others, like, you know, spring break popped up too in the last minute. Um, it, they definitely got relegated to a satellite in, in, you know, on their birthday, essentially. And um, that I think was a, is a tough pill to swallow. Um, I don't think, like, I don't think it's surprising because ALAC has never really generated the same kind of interest um, among collectors or um, dealers, too, in the same way um, that something like a big brand like Freeze does. Um, I The dealers that I talked to there, I there are some that remain very dedicated to it, you know, and, and, and decided to do it no matter what, or maybe did both Freeze and ALAC or things like that. Um, there were a lot of new dealers that were there, obviously, because I think ALAC made a, a big effort to reach out to 
um, you know, more emerging and younger galleries and, and galleries that hadn't been there before because of freeze, you know, and it kind of just, you know, there's a certain case to be made for you know, upping the ante when it comes to, you know, if competition can kind of up the ante on anything. So um, I think that they really did make an effort to bring in some fresh blood. I don't know if everyone was super satisfied with the sales. I know some dealers I talked to said that like on the day that freeze opened, like it was just kind of a ghost town uh, at ALAC and, you know, the weather didn't help that at all. There was a really you know huge downpour so people just weren't coming out and it's further away. Um, overall, the dealers I spoke to weren't super happy with what they sold. Um, they, a couple I know didn't, didn't break even. And that's really hard, especially for more, for younger galleries that this is a much bigger, like, uh, financial investment to come all the way out to a fair. So I don't really, I, 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 it's unfortunate that for, for ALAC that has done a lot of work in cultivating, a, you know, the collector base out in LA over the past decade that it's gone this way, but I don't think they ever kind of really had the, the interest among collectors already. And then for something like this to come in, it just was kind of a little bit like salt in the wound. And so we'll see, we'll see what happens with them moving forward. I'm not sure. I haven't really heard anything other either way about what, what happens next with them. But um, I do know that the people I spoke to were found the fair to be a, like a pleasing experience, but, but not enough for them to want to like really come back next year. Yeah, and then I think the last thing I wanted to touch on with you is just the LA art scene in general. I think a lot of people who can't, who travel to LA for the fairs, they were just as much as they were interested in Freeze and seeing what that was like, probably also interested in just the broader LA art scene, um, the artists, mm-hmm. so many artists living there now, and um, more and more reputable galleries and the museums are really great as well. Um, I guess what for for those people what was what was your conversations like with people who came at, from out of town and really experienced the LA art scene for the first time? Uh, maybe they had experienced it from afar on Instagram, but they got to see it up and close. Um, what were their mm-hmm. takeaways in regard to um, you know what the scene is like and um, the quality of it? Yeah, I think what's really interesting about this is that LA has been known for a while now as like an artist town, right? Like that's where the artists are living and working, and um, there's a lot of energy for that reason there's this like sense that you can discover something um a lot or you know just you know come in contact with a lot of artists um and see a lot of new work um ultimately i uh i think most people that were there felt that that that, like most people i talked to were really excited about the work they were seeing in the galleries they were excited to like check out the galleries that they hadn't you may have heard about but hadn't made the journey to I know I personally hadn't been to LA in years so there's a lot of galleries that I hadn't been able to see um and was really pleased just to check them out finally and but unsurprisingly they're really spread out it's hard to get around LA and so there are a lot of people that still just didn't make it to as much as they wanted to you know as many of the museums as many of the gallery shows it because of traffic because you know it's just getting around is a is just a fact of living in LA and being there, it, it, it takes up, it eats up a lot of time and it eats up a lot of energy. I don't know that there's any rectifying that and it's not, it's not news. <laughs> so I don't know how to approach that differently in, in future iterations of any, you know, of fairs out there. If people want to get around and see a lot of shows, I, it's, it's just a tough place to do that. I think you kind of either have to have a really airtight 
plan of attack or <laughs> or you just have to be okay with missing out on some stuff, which, you know, at so many of these events, people think you have to make it to everything. And maybe we should just think about that differently. But ultimately, I think people were really jazzed about what they were seeing in L.A. And something that I keep coming back to is because, you know, it is kind of known as this artist town right now. And I think people were really refreshed by the fair experience this year there and the, the gallery shows and museum shows and things like that. I think what I keep coming back to, and this might be colored by my own kind of sense of frustration of living and working in New York, because I think it, it's a, it was not so much like remarkable about LA itself, but more how, how grading like other art world capitals like New York, like London, how difficult they've become to live in and to work in and to show in and for, for artists, for dealers, for so many people. And that there's a kind of like release of that anxious energy in LA, which was nice. And I think that was my big takeaway from it was it's not so much what I was seeing and experiencing in LA was so unique to LA. It was just a reminder that other places have gotten increasingly difficult for the art industry to survive in. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. That's a that's a really interesting perspective. And so, um, yeah, finally, I guess as we look ahead, do you have any thoughts um, or even predictions on the future of the of the fair week? Um, you know, will Freeze LA be back next year? What what do you think it might look like? Um, will Felix be back next year? ALAC? I definitely think. I mean, like pure pure speculation on my part but i definitely think that like freeze la will will be back next year i know a lot of the dealers afterwards kind of had expressed that they would definitely return um i know there's some that were a little that were waffling about i think actually if you know if freeze la can the next edition of freeze la should they choose to do it again um which i think they will i i think it what we'll actually see is more people more dealers reshaping their spring calendar based on that. Because like I said, it is close to other major fairs like Army and Art Basel and, you know, even Freeze New York. Like I think that that potentially could draw dealers in to making different decisions about whether they participate in Freeze New York or whether they, whether they participate in uh, Armory or anything like that because those were, are, in, you know, just a few months of each other. So I think overall it was a good you know, it, I think it's very promising for Freeze um, out in L.A. I think we will see another iteration. I'm not sure about Felix. I assume they'll probably give it another go. I think it takes, you know, two or three times to really establish a fair. Maybe they'll find a different venue, maybe, you know, kind of approach it a little bit differently next year. Um, or maybe maybe they won't. That was just my my take on Hotel Roosevelt. Other people might have really liked it. Um, but, yeah, I think ultimately we're going to see we're going to have at least a few more years of, of checking checking out to LA. <laughs> hopefully the hopefully the weather will be better uh, next year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Margaret, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and helping us recap uh, a really exciting and interesting week in LA for the fairs. Um, our listeners can of course check out um, all of your writings. Um, in the art newspaper, on the art newspaper's website, you covered uh, the fair in a lot of different, uh, really interesting ways. Um, and you're also, I know, on social media, um, often talking about the art markets. If our listeners uh, want to follow you, where can they do that? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. It's at, uh, at Real Life Maggie. Perfect. Margaret, thanks so much again. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. <laughs>